Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. All right, so we're going to obviously get into that quite a bit on the show today. But, man, we got a lot to talk about uh, with this hurricane. A lot has happened in the last seven days since our last broadcast of Just Plain Radio. Uh, Dennis, you're up in Minnesota, and you are totally out of uh, the path of the storm. But uh, our home base of operations is right here in Orlando, now, Ed and Keith that run Flight Training Professionals, they're not with us today because they're in the process of uh, reopening the facility and getting it back on track and stuff. And they're pretty much fully operational again. But uh, they had to shut down for a couple of days. And in reality, here in Orlando, we didn't have to shut down at all. I mean, we it was a, you know, we were being told, you know, run for the hills, find a cave, bury yourself for a few days. And then uh, we'll tell you when it's safe to come out. And then this uh, Hurricane Dorian didn't even come. You know, yeah, we've had uh, thunderstorms rougher than this. I mean, it, it was it was got us all worked up for nothing. Well, so, has the hurricane even really touched much of Florida? I mean, I've talked to some uh, friends of mine out in the Jacksonville area, and it's you know they're like just barely getting a touch of wind. It's just far enough well, offshore. That's, well, that's what happened. I mean, it, it skirted the the coast, and of course, the folks on the uh, you know, on the east coast of Florida have had to deal with uh, beach erosion and things like that and, and rough seas. And, of course, it's not uh, an ideal time to be out on the water for sure. But, you know, we've had storms way worse than this. And the reality is is that the uh, weather weather folks were way off as far as, uh, you know, the spaghetti, the spaghetti models. You know, first they, they had them cross the straight across Florida. And it, like like I said, it freaked everybody out last week. And uh, including myself, by the way, because uh, you know, we had just uh, completed this major studio upgrade here at Just Plain Radio headquarters. And I was like, great. It's a, it, it would just figure that after I spent all this money, got everything uh, operating the way it's supposed to be, and then a hurricane's going to come, blow the roof off, and and uh, electrocute me when I try to do our next show. So, uh, you know, I was a little bit concerned in that regard, but we got nothing. I mean, literally, we've had much rougher weather and just an, a typical summer afternoon thunder shower in Orlando. Uh, so, you know, it, it was much to do about nothing for us. And it, and it really, I mean, it hurt a ton of business uh, as far as uh, things getting done last week. I mean, Ed and Keith... At flight training professionals, you know, they have their flight school and they got to work today to make up for the lost days of, uh, from shutting down for the hurricane. And honestly, they didn't really need to. I mean, we were told to, we were under a state of emergency and, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, you know, the government officials, state officials 
didn't do the right thing by, you know, getting everybody worked up a little bit and, and warning them. Because you do. It's better to be overly prepared and then have nothing happen than the alternative, of course. So I, I'm not complaining in that regard. I'm just saying it, it's very frustra- frustrating, you know, to to see this and just know in this day and, and age, we can't seem to figure out where these stupid things are going. <laughs> just shows you how little we know. Uh, when it comes to weather prediction, are you with me on this, Dennis, or am I, or am I venting yeah, it, to myself? No, I'm absolutely with you. You mm-hmm. know, and, and hurricane science is still really immature. I mean, NOAA keeps throwing resources at it. We talked last week about, you know, buying a couple new airplanes. I saw that they've also added a Gulfstream uh, to their fleet or will be adding one so that they have more assets available to track these storms and gather information and learn. Mm-hmm. And, you know, still Mother Nature, <laughs> she's not very predictable. She is not, and and she can't, you know, you can't, uh, it's the other thing that kind of drives me crazy about when people say, well, here's another excuse of global warming, and that's why, that is hogwash. They, you know, if you talk to the head folks at NOAA that are in charge of, of, you know, coming up with these models and and, and predicting what the weather's going to do, I literally had a conversation with the head guy at NOAA like two and a half years ago. And I, I asked him about this hurricane stuff because, you know, we cover this quite a bit on our uh, boating show, uh, even more so than just plain radio. But when it comes to rough seas and, and hurricanes and things like that, I mean, obviously, it, it's a major issue. And you would think with all the technology we have available now, the planes that we can fly into the eye of the storm and hurricane hunters and God knows what else, that they could figure this stuff out a little bit better than they do. But he he looked at me. He goes, I, I go. Where? How many hurricanes are we gonna have this year? He goes, I have no idea. I thought. I said, I thought you guys predicted there's gonna be like six to eight major hurricanes. Well, that's we honestly have no idea. And then beyond that, we have no idea where they're gonna go, where they're gonna develop. <laughs> I mean, it's like he just kind of throws his hands up. He says, it, it, it's you know, there's just too many variables, Greg. There's too many things going on. Uh, in the world that predict this stuff or, or affect what a hurricane is going to do. And that's why they can't predict them, uh, predict the path better than they do, let alone the intensity or, or whether they're going to make landfall and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's very frustrating uh, when you go beyond that. And then you hear people spout off on the mainstream media is like, well, yeah, it's global warming. That's what we're just get used to it. We're going to have more of this. They don't have any idea what these things are doing or where they're going to go. So to make the comment that it's because of this, it's just hogwash. They have no idea what is causing this stuff. Now, could that be a factor? Of course, of course it could, but uh, it just goes to show you how little we know about you know, uh, the the weather and, and all the variables that affect this stuff. So I guess you do have to overly prepare. And, and I am just kind of venting right now because it's more out of frustration that you lose a few days of work, which obviously can affect your bottom line uh, and money and that kind of thing. You know, and I guess better than that than actually be some of these poor folks in the Bahamas that literally got wiped out, which is just unbelievable and, and really – you know, our hearts go out to the folks in Freeport, Marsh Harbor. I have some friends uh, in the diving community over in that part of the world, and I haven't heard from a couple of them, and I'm a little concerned. So, uh, you know, if you've seen the videos, you've seen the pictures, you know they're 
they're in for a major uh, recovery effort in that part of the world. And, you know, so we're, we'll have to wait and see what happens. And, and I guess we got to take a turn. I got to get off my soapbox on this frustration type of thing and, and, and get back into a more positive mindset. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to help me, Dennis. Come on now. Well, we could fl- start flying supplies in there, but well, that's, uh, the airports aren't open. So, well, so there they, goes that idea. Well, no, they, they are uh, making some efforts. You know, obviously yeah. they have a problem uh, with the airport there and, and getting supplies in. But worst case, they're flying planes over and they're dropping them off uh, via parachute and getting them to the uh, people in need that are in, in these remote areas in the north side of the uh, the Bahamas. And, you know, the... Aviation community has definitely stepped up. I've already heard amazing stories of uh, some of the stuff. Well, Tom Haynes was going to join us today, and he's in, you know involved uh, right there on the front line of helping communications and getting that infrastructure going to get some flights, you know, running over to the Bahamas and getting supplies over to them as quick as they can. So the the uh, aviation community has definitely stepped up, which is great. And that makes you feel, you know, a little bit better about the situation from that standpoint. Do what you can. Uh, I will always say, because we dealt with this so many times with just hurricanes, um, you know, through other islands, throughout the Caribbean especially, that uh, that are, you know, a part of our diving community, That uh, you know, the scuba radio show that we do. And I hear from uh, these folks when these things happen, like a couple of years ago it was Dominica. Um, you know, and some of the other islands that have been whacked by these hurricanes. You know, we don't hear a lot about it other than the first pass. We hear about it if it comes to the U.S., but if it doesn't, we don't hear a whole lot about it. Unless you have someone who lives there or have a business that's going on there. So uh, what you can do, and this is pretty much, I think, going to be the case for the Bahamas especially, is it you know if you don't have a plane and you can't fly over there and get them supplies obviously if you can find a local place to donate to do so that could be the red cross or or any other organization just google it you can find something to benefit the bahamas in that regard but the next best thing you can do is book a trip to the bahamas because the one thing you do want to remember is that they uh, obviously have a rebuilding situation they have to get through here in Freeport, Marsh Harbor, and Abaco, and those that northern side uh, of the Bahamas chain. But there's a whole other you know, portion of the Bahamas that weren't really affected at all. Nassau, uh, down that neck of the woods, they're fully operational and ready to go. So you want to support them? Go visit them and spend some of your tourist money. That's the best thing you can do to help them get back up on their feet. All right, I feel better. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Any of you boys seen an aircraft carrier around here? This is Just Plain Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew navigating the latest aviation news and information. And obviously, you know, we're a little bit distracted with this hurricane. I'm still a little well, razzled from this whole thing, but uh, not nearly as bad as our friends, uh, you know, to the east in the Bahamas. We, we really, our hearts go out to them. And you're going to hear so many more stories about how aviators have stepped up to the challenge to get them back up on their feet, and it can't happen soon enough. But once again, I think the best thing you can do to support those uh, folks, really, is just plan a trip to the Bahamas. You know, yeah, Freeport, Grand Bahama, you know, Abaco, Marshall. Bimini is open. Bimini is fine. Uh, you know, Nassau is fine. Paradise Island, Atlantis. You get, you can You could schedule a trip there this weekend and go. Fly your plane over there. Support them. They they're going to need this kind of infra- infrastructure and business to to build back up what they just lost. So if you want to help them, that is the best thing you can do, I believe. Because I hear this every time when I travel down to the uh, islands after an island's been hit by a hurricane. The initial you know shock that they have to deal with. Obviously, they need food, water, and shelter, and get that taken care of. But the next step. And it's it really happens quick, you know. They got to get their livelihood back, you know. And a lot of these islands, like the Bahamas, you know, they uh, they rely on tourism. So if you really want to, you know, help them out, you know, book a trip, fly fly your plane over there, spend some money, and uh, you know, not only will you have a blast, 
But you'll feel good about yourself because you know you're contributing to their economy and helping them out a little bit in that regard. And that's really what they need for long-term, uh, a long-term recovery. So there you go. I've said it enough. I'm sure I'll say it again a few more times throughout the show today. But but let's navigate uh, towards some other aviation news. Uh, hopefully it'll be a little bit more on uh, the positive side of things. So, Dennis, we have a story about a what, what is this a student pilot well, who saved the day or what was well it? this one yeah this has made a lot of headlines across the nation it's been on all the news channels but uh, a student pilot on his first lesson first so lesson it, it almost it, it you know that the articles originally said it was his first lesson it turned out it was his first flight in this particular airplane but the student had only had about three flights and his flight instructor actually passed out collapsed had some sort of a medical issue hmm while he's in the air. And so he had to get talked down by air traffic control and made a uh, beautiful landing from what I understand. But, uh, you know, talk about, uh, adding a, a little extra, uh, to your training there. If you, when you're soloing on your first flight, right? Unbelievable. Well, he obviously wasn't on his first solo when it happened. Mm-hmm. He hadn't probably even soloed yet, I guess. Had he? No, he hadn't. Yeah. No, that was just it. It was, you know, his first flight in that particular model airplane and maybe only his third ever, um, you know, training flight, and wow. all of a sudden he was uh, called on to uh, land the plane all by himself. And uh, you know, it, it has a happy ending. He, he got it down does, and he got it. He made it happen. And you, you got to wonder when that kind of stuff happens. Does that empower you as a potential pilot, or does it go? Okay, I've had enough of this. <laughs> Check, please. Yeah, I, I don't know, or, or do we know? With, well, the, you know, it guy. sure would be a boost for confidence. You know, Heck hey, yeah. if, if I I could do this even without going through all of the training, uh, I think I got a really good chance of being successful. In yeah, this. but and, I don't know. and the good news is he was able to get the plane down. They were able to get the uh, flight instructor, the medical attention. It sounds like the, the flight instructor is recovering. Um, I don't have a whole lot of details on mm-hmm. that. Obviously, you know, uh, data privacy and all that. But right. Well, you know, uh, good on him. You know, that he was able to do that, and, and hopefully he'll hang in there. That could be a pretty traumatic experience. I'm not sure that that would help me or a lot of people uh, motivate uh, motivate you to, to finish the training. <laughs> I, I could see you going either way on that one, you know? So it probably added to his uh, stress, too, is the fact that his family was there at the airport while this was all going on. Oh, really? They were watching so, this whole thing? They were watching the whole flight lesson and, you know, waiting for him to come back. And so here you you know your family's on the ground. And Junior, you will you never know. get in an airplane as long as I live. You know, I could hear mom saying something like that. But uh, I don't know. Uh, everything happens for a reason. You can look at it like that. And, and hey, he, uh, he did his thing and made it work. So uh, hats off to him. You should be very proud. But, you know, you you, you kind of wonder. I've always had that. Um, you know that thought, or or that like, would this could this ever happen? You see it in movies. Actually, it was I think it was the airplane, wasn't it? Where they always yeah, come out. Of, don't out eat of, the fish. No, no, no. Well, yeah, right. Don't eat the fish. But then they come out and says, "Is there? Do we have a pilot on the aircraft? We need a pilot." And you you think uh, if that were you, uh, and you did have some private flying experience, or you were a private uh, pilot, you know, certified, could you get up there and actually? help land the plane. Well, and, Craig, that's why I typically don't drink when I'm on the airplane. Cause you know, I'd like to be able to 
be able to assist if they needed that help. You know, I'll, I'm there. I, I'm willing to take the take the reins if it has. You know, if I well, had to, I would too. But I would need a lot to drink. It <laughs> be able well. To be- it, it, it's funny you mention it because uh, just last week in Portugal, um, a Jet Two Seven Fifty Seven had just that. Uh, fortunately, there was an off-duty pilot on the airplane that they were able to call on, but uh, apparently the captain was not feeling well and. They actually wound up having to wheel him off the plane after they landed. So yeah. uh, he was in no no shape to uh, to carry on his duties, and so they got somebody from the back to come up and you know help get the airplane on the ground. So yeah. it it does happen. It's rare, but you know it's always that dream that you'll get called on uh, you know to to help out land the, the airliner and save the day. Right. Well, that one ended well as well, uh, from what I saw. Right. So he was yeah, able to it did. help. Uneventful. Well, you know the thing is. You know, and we've talked to uh, our buddy Jim, who flies a seven seven seven, and seven eighty seven. Is it a seven eighty seven? Yeah, he's in the Dreamliner. Okay, that's right. So, and I've asked him. I said, so if I actually get my private pilot certificate, and they call on me to come up and help because we have an incapacitated captain, will I be able to provide any assistance? He goes, well, in your case, absolutely not. But for other folks. Yeah, any experience is better than none. At least you would understand, uh, you know, some of the aerodynamics of the aircraft as far as being able to maybe keep it level or something or angle of attack or something. Even well, though, it, and it's, you'd understand what flaps are. You know, if he's asking you to, you know, can you put the flaps in for me or can right. you, you know, yeah, hold but, the wings level for a second, you know, that type of thing. But it is a total, uh, totally different animal. So you might be some lingo you'll be familiar with. That uh, maybe they could talk you down from the tower uh, by just telling you what to do, and and just that just that little uh, nugget of knowledge might be enough uh, to have you walking away from the aircraft after you get it down on the ground. So whatever it takes, I guess. Right? And what do they say? Uh, any uh, aircraft you can walk away from or something is a good day of flying. Something any, like that. Any any landing you can walk away from is a good landing. Exactly. If you can use the airplane again. It's a great land. It's a bonus. Right. We got more coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot, and Captain Dennis rounding out the crew today so we navigate the latest aviation news and information. You know, last week was Labor Day weekend, and obviously it got overshadowed by Hurricane Dorian, but uh, that was just for us in Florida. We got kind of had to hunker down and prepare for nothing, uh, as sometimes happens. But I guess that's better than the alternative. But Dennis is up in Minnesota, so you had no hurricane to deal with. You didn't have to deal with any of the nonsense well, we did. So you took advantage of the holiday weekend, did you not? Well, it did affect my plans. You know, we were possibly thinking of heading to Florida, you know, over the three-day weekend. It would have been kind of a nice little getaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe even come join you up in uh 
uh, the hill or the the cave country there and go crash your uh, cave diving class with, with Doctor Doug. But that's right. Yeah, we were uh, supposed to go uh, cave diving or cavern diving uh, Labor Day weekend, but of course Dorian put a damper on that. So instead, we started looking at well, what else could we go do just for fun? And uh, my son and I decided that we were going to go to get barbecue for dinner on Friday night. So we took off out of Minneapolis and flew to Kansas City and had uh, Joe's Kansas City barbecue. Really? So how how long of a yeah. flight is that? From the two-hour flight. Two-hour flight to go have Kansas City barbecue. So it's like a $100 barbecue sandwich, or would you get pretty the brisket much, or what? Pretty much. And it was a little extra because we also picked up a couple bottles of barbecue sauce to bring back home. Very nice. So did you tell and, them that you had flown in just for their barbecue, and did they give you any special aviator discount? Or they said, oh, no, I think they actually charged us more. Probably. Yeah, probably. Hey, they're the made of money, side, these aviators. Double but, their bill. But we did actually save money. Here's the, here's the crazy part. We actually wound up uh, flying into uh, Wheeler Field, which is downtown Kansas City Airport, right on the river. Yeah. Gas was $3.85 a gallon. That was almost a dollar less than my son's uh, employee discount he gets at his work. Wow. Why was it so and cheap? That, it's a city-owned uh, uh, self-service fueling right on the field. How about and so they, they keep the costs low to drive, get traffic to come yeah, in. Yeah, well, it worked in uh, you know bringing you in. Well, or maybe it was really more of the barbecue. Cheap gas. The fuel was a bonus. Got to bring gas home with you. Not from the barbecue, but you know what I mean. More coming up. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You ever seen a grown man naked? A buzzer took a monkey for a ride in the air. The monkey thought that everything was on a square. The buzzer tried to throw the monkey off his back, but the monkey grabbed his neck and said, Now listen, Jack, straighten up and fly right. Straighten up and stay right. Straighten up and fly right. Cool down, Papa, don't you blow your top. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. All right, so uh, obviously airplanes are being used to help our friends in the Bahamas right now, which is a good thing. But you may not have heard they're also being used, or the planes, bigger planes, are being used to help save the lungs of the planet down there in the Amazon that's been on fire. Uh, that was really the big news, you know, before this hurricane kind of took over the, the news cycle. Uh, but planes are a big factor in that, evidently. They've sent how big of a plane or who's doing this, Dennis? It's uh, the global super tanker. It's a Boeing 747-400 that is no longer uh, hauling passengers. Uh, instead, it's been converted into a water bomber. Hmm. They're flying at 200 feet off the ground and dumping up to 20,000 gallons of water and retardant to help uh, extinguish the fire. Wow. Okay. So are you, you is this one of those that things? coming over your head? Exactly. But how are they filling it up? It's not, they're not scooping it up. They got to fill it. Oh, no, and no, take it's off, not right? an antib. Yeah. No, they say. have to go land at an airport and pump it, you know, from uh, hoses and fill it back up. But, yeah. You know, they're able to make several flights a day and, and dumping 20,000 gallons of water at one time. 
uh, can make a big dent uh, and allow the uh, on the ground guys to actually, you know, keep up or get ahead of the fire. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this isn't going to put the fire out by itself. They still need to, you know, uh, boots on the ground, but uh, these guys sure help uh, knock it down and make their job easier. Right. So, I mean, is this an American initiative or who, who started this or do we know? Yeah, it's a U.S. initiative. It's a U.S. Pl- plane and I don't know who's backing it and paying for it, but it uh, it flew down about a week ago and is operating out of Bolivia and uh, flying into the Amazon uh, to help, uh, you know, get ahead of those fires and try to knock it down a little bit. Right. Well, let's hope they're having uh, some success with that. And once again, aviators... Uh, stepping up just goes to show you whether you're a pilot or not aviation industry you know they're the first responders a lot of times when we have these crises around the globe and it doesn't stop there so we have that situation in the amazon we got another situation where the uh, russians came in to help delta is that what it was where did that happen right it happened in in, uh, the azores off the off the coast of portugal uh, Delta Airlines had a 757 flight land in there, and apparently they had a hard landing. So the 757 is a fairly long aircraft, mm-hmm. and it looks like uh, when they set the nose down, it, it got set down a little too aggressively and actually crinkled the fuselage oh. and broke broke the nose gear, I believe. Mm. Uh, so they can't fly it out of there. You can't exactly get a ferry permit to do a transatlantic flight, so they have to bring in the necessary parts and teams of uh, mechanics and the equipment they need to fix it and so they're actually doing a repair um, in the azores on the ramp and they needed uh, one of those big russian antonov freighters to be able to come in and uh, deliver those supplies Hmm. so see this is where one of the benefits of uh, trump being good buddies with uh, putin and where thing uh, some of the positive effects of that (laughs) i kid i kid i'm just no, you know, he probably had nothing to do with this, do you think? Well, he'll claim responsibility if it's successful. Well, good point, but I haven't heard him say word one, so I'm guessing he didn't know. I don't know, what is it, like Delta uh, Russian, uh, you know, uh, talk or just, or just say, what do you think? It's just fellow aviation enthusiasts, like, hey, Joe, uh, what do you need, Vlad- Vladimir? Uh, I-, I need a new plane, and, and, you know, because they have that common, uh, you know, bond of aviation. They're willing to work. No, I together. think it's more of a. They have. They're the only airplane around that can bring the the parts, the size that you know that they are. They're too big to fit in anything that in Delta's normal fleet. Well, I understand, uh, so but they, they, the the Russians still have to say yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how much money is it going to cost, and when when you need well, it? Well, good point. I you know, we don't know how much money was exchanged to make this deal work, but regardless. At least they're, they, they've been able to make it work. So that, that's a good thing. And I'm going to go with the fact that, hey, they're just helping a fellow aviator out. Sure. It's just on a much bigger scale than it would be. You know, like, hey, hey Keith, uh, I messed up my landing gear a little bit. You got any uh, extra wheels? I think I blew a tire. Oh, yeah, we can get you one. We got one over in storage. You know, that kind of stuff happens every day. It's just this would be like on a whole nother level. You think? Well, and for the plane spotters over in, in the Azores, this is a just field day for them because it's the first time that they've ever had one of those Antonov uh, 124s come in. And so people were lining the airport fences to get pictures of it landing and taking off. And it's it's been quite a quite a, f- a spectacle. I bet. 
Yeah, I mean, was there any issue of them getting this massive aircraft in there, you think? Or was the No, it, it didn't sound like it. Um it looks I mean, from the pictures that I saw, it looked just like a normal operation. I mean, it's just a massive airplane, but mm-hmm. it it's got incredible short field capabilities for the size of that plane. Yeah. So uh, they got it in there, got the parts, got it fixed, and uh, they're on their way. God bless them. You know, see, we can work together. We just yeah, need some we- kind of common bond. And once again, it comes back to aviation. I think it could be. This could save the world. There would be no uh, no fighting if we are all pilots or aviation enthusiasts, you think? It can't hurt, right? Yeah, one can dream. Right. Okay, so we have that. Um are we doing any other things that are helping to save the planet with our aircraft, or what do you think? I got nothing, Greg. Oh. But I do got a gator story. A gator? Okay. So, I, what, are we talking about a speed bump on a runway, or what? Close. A uh, speed bump in the lake as you're trying to land in your float plane. Oh, Have you wow. seen this video that's been making the rounds in the last couple of days? I have on not. Facebook I've been distracted and- with hurricane coverage. All right. So, uh, this is a seaplane, you're telling me? Yeah, a float plane, just, you know, like a like a cub on floats kind of a thing. Guys mm-hmm. coming in, beautiful glassy water landing, and all of a sudden, right in front of where he's about to land, the water starts to boil, mm-hmm. and you see a gator pop up. Wow. I, at that point, all I could think of is Ed and his, you can always go around song. I think I'd go around and... Go around. Yeah. So is that what he did and save the gator, or did he... Uh, yeah, he didn't land on the okay. gator because it probably would have or cartwheeled the airplane. And when that's not where you want to be with a gator in the water, right? No. Yeah, that, no. that would be a, a bad landing area, I think, for a yeah, seaplane. I think I'd want to go to a different lake entirely. Because I think the gator might be slightly annoyed. <laughs> Just yeah. a bit. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of remarkable that he, he saw it in a time because if it just popped up, you know, you know, how did he know it was a gator? I mean, he obviously has great eyes. I saw something in front of me and I'm not going to land there it's now. Like, wait a minute. Uh, hey, that island wasn't here before. Holy crap, it's moving. Yeah, that's, uh, that's unfortunate. But I'm glad the gator. Uh, where was this again? Where was this? I, I didn't see where it was. I just saw the video clip and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, now I know why I live in Minnesota. Yeah. It is something that we have to deal with quite a bit in Florida because they're everywhere. And you do hear these stories all the time of, of gators, especially during certain times of the year, walking up on a uh, runway in some of the more remote fields in Florida. And well, they, not even the remote ones. Uh, they were at the Air Force Base in uh, Tampa. They had to come in with a loader and actually get them off the runway. They wouldn't, didn't want to move. Right. You, know, you remember that a few months ago. Well, yeah, they usually get the, uh, you know, the warnings through ATIS about uh, birds in the area of flocks, you don't very, you don't usually hear, you know, uh, gators on the runway. Caution, speed bump on the runway. Exactly. Nature speed bump. Be be careful. Be on the lookout. Uh, that probably actually has happened. It probably has shown up on the Florida ATIS at one point or another at some of the airports. Now I think about it. But but you just hear of all these anecdotal stories where they, they do find the, the gators. And uh, obviously... You know, they don't have a tendency to move. I don't know. You know, it's funny. I landed on an aircraft as a commercial liner in San Juan a few years ago. And we didn't have gators. But when we landed, for whatever reason, that particular day, they were having a green iguana invasion. And all of a sudden, we're we're coming in to the, uh, 
you know, into the airport and I'm watching outside the window and I had a, a really good seat. I could, I could, uh, I was kind of chair flying. Right. And I looked down at the runway and, you know, below us, I see like, holy crap, what is going on? The, the runway's moving. And I realized after we got a little closer, it was like hundreds of green iguanas were scattering like roaches so they didn't get squashed by our aircraft. And they were running all over the place. It was the craziest looking thing you had ever seen in your life. But see, you know, like, green iguana, what, three foot tops? It's not even going to make a, a speed bump for your aircraft. So, Well, that's what they say about geese, but you saw what happened when they get into an engine. So, you know, it could probably cause some problems. Well, I, I mean, they're going to just land on them. They're not going to be sucked up into an engine, I don't think. And those green iguanas, they are fast movers. They have to be if they want to live. little animal life and an aircraft story for you. More coming up. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. Just 
This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along. Captain Dennis, we are navigating the latest aviation news and information. All right, we have a, a recall update for you. What is this on the Apple MacBook Pro? Uh, yep, year the 15-inch MacBook Pro from 15-inch. Uh, oh, okay. It came out in 2015, or the range is 2015 to 2017. Now, I have a 13-incher, but it doesn't apply to that one, only the the 15-inch MacBook Pro. Yep. And if you have one of yep. these, uh, it was recalled because of the battery was faulty or they, they think it can catch on fire or something like that. And Apple should have reached out to you, but maybe you have one of these. But if you're caught traveling with it in an aircraft, you could get uh, in big trouble. Is that what's going on or what? Well, right. Uh, Apple will replace the battery at no charge. So mm-hmm. it's definitely to your advantage to go bring it in. But uh, you're not allowed to check that laptop anymore because they really have no way to verify that you've actually replaced the battery without opening it up. So uh, a lot of the airlines are saying you can bring a MacBook 15-inch, but it has to be in your carry-on. But, uh, you know, as a reminder from the FAA, if you're taking recalled batteries on a flight, um, you know, you could be subject to civil and criminal penalties. So just don't do it. Get it to the Apple Store, get it fixed, and and take it in your carry-on and don't check your bag. Okay, there you go. All right, so a little public service announcement to pass along. All right, now we have another thing. We're going to wrap up the show today with, what is this, 20 tips to make you a better flyer? Is that right? Well, actually, just to safety tips that you just can't miss. Okay. And, you know, there, there are a variety of safety tips. It's both for in the air, on the ground, at home. But I, I really like that the way they start this off. For, for pilots, the best way to be safe is go fly. Sure practice makes because perfect yeah. exactly you're more proficient the more you fly the better you're going to be if you only fly every you know what seven years you know it's probably going to be a little bit uh you'll be a little bit rusty the next time you get in that airplane okay and the next tip um always be a voracious consumer of safety content in other words read the latest you know aviation safety stuff you know get the emails listen to the show, learn from our experiences and what not to do. There you go. Exactly. Learn from other folks' mistakes. All right. What else? And, and you've heard the three cardinal rules of flying, right? Do you remember what those are? No. Aviate, navigate, and communicate. You remember oh, yeah. That? I know those. I remember those. Yeah. yeah. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Fly the airplane first. Everything else is secondary. So no matter what happens, fly the plane, then figure everything else out. All right. As long as you maintain control. And if something does go sideways, Fly the aircraft until you can't fly it anymore. In other words, they say fly the airplane as far into the crash as you possibly can. I think that was Bob Hoover that uh, that had that quote. You want to maintain control as long as possible. Makes sense. The next tip, just use your checklists. How many times, you know, work in a flow or just, you know, you know, and you miss something. You know, you forget to turn the boost pump off on a climb out, things like that. Use your checklist. It'll remind you. All right. Makes you safer pilot. That makes sense. The next is uh, establish a network of people you trust. And can be a sounding board to help you with your flying decisions. You know, do you just get in the airplane and go? Or do you talk with Ed and Keith and, hey, you know, I'm trying to do this trip and I want to get some ideas and things like that. Leverage those acquaintances, those networks, those other pilots. You know, those you don't resources, have to invent the wheel. Yeah. Hone your stick and rudder skills so that you can put the airplane exactly where you want it all the time. Just be a better pilot. Be proficient. Practice. Train. When you land, strive to always be on the center line. When you you know, coming in. Pick out that landing spot and strive to hit it within 200 feet like you would for a commercial check ride. Don't just, well, it's on the ground. Good enough. Right. Work to be that professional pilot. It'll make you better. Turn it into a game um, or something. Yeah. Score yourself. Mm-hmm. Establish a three strikes rule. And I've heard many, many pilots do this. They're like, okay, 
going through, the weather's different from what you expected. You go out to the airplane, you find out that the, you know, the tank, somebody didn't fill it up before you left. And now you're behind schedule. And one more thing comes up. You know what? Too many. I'm done. There's another day. I I don't want to push a bad situation because, you know, now what am I backing myself into? Mm -hmm. So establish that type of exit for yourself. Don't force yourself to have to go on a flight. Okay. Be disciplined about it. And nowadays, with all of the tools we have, there's no excuse to not get a thorough pre-flight weather brief. I mean, you can pull your iPad out at the airplane and get, you know, a more in-depth weather brief than we could have ever gotten 20 years ago, even by calling the flight service station. But if you're not a meteorologist by training, call the flight service station. You can have your four-flight briefing up and kind of follow along, but have them help explain to you what's going on. Make sure you understand what that weather looks like. It's a lot easier than trying to get a, you know, flying VFR into instrument conditions. That's, you know, very dangerous. No doubt about it. Fly with reliable equipment and more importantly, know how to use it. Make sure that you know that your airplane has got all of the inspections are done, that the, everything's up to date, your oil has been changed, that your, you know, annual's complete, and all the inspections are done, and that your airplane's up to date. You got the latest databases in the Avidine. Do you know how to use the Avidine? If not, let's go uh, look at uh, getting some additional training. Go to pilotsafety.org and, and buy a set of his videos. Go to, you know, your local airport and, and get some time with a flight instructor who's got some time with those. Make sure you understand how to use those tools in that in the plane because they will help you. All right. So now we're going to go down onto the road. And so vehicle deaths have increased 17% in the last decade, according to this article. Hmm. And the number one tip, buckle up. Use child restraints. Put on a helmet if you're in a motorcycle. Drive a newer car that's got an airbag. All those things can be there to help protect you in the event of an accident. But honestly, the this biggest, most important tip, buckle up. Well, that makes sense for sure. In the car, on the way to the airport, and in the aircraft. Exactly. Buckle up at all times. And here's a few more just to wrap it up. If you're out drinking, call a cab, call an Uber. When you're out driving at all, just drive the speed limit. Make sure that you put your cell phone away. You don't need to be texting while driving. Hey, and your teenagers, don't let them drive with a bunch of friends until they get some experience. You know, restrict them and they'll be safer drivers for it. Okay. Well, all these tips apply to driving, but of course they could be used uh, in your aircraft as well. So they're good both on the surface and up in the air. So we'll have to leave it at that. Good stuff. And I think uh, we should end on that positive note for this edition of The Big Show. What say you, Dennis? Sounds good. And we will. Uh, Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. Hi, some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 